It's so, it's so good, it's so powerful. Um, this morning, um, I want to talk about freedom. Now, we've obviously heard that a few times this morning. Um, a few weeks ago, those of you that from Hope would remember that um, Phil, led by the Holy Spirit, um, he spoke up and said, what does freedom mean to you? And we had this sporadic domino effect around the place where all these different people were speaking about freedom and what it means to them. It was, it was powerful. It was like many testimonies of what God was doing in their lives. See, freedom is huge. It's huge. And it's something that we, as children of God, should all be experiencing. I've picked out four things that we want to talk about this morning. Um, firstly, what is freedom? <coughs> Secondly, how Christ has set us free. Thirdly, how we as Christians can walk out into bondage, even after we've been set free. And lastly, what we need to do to stay free. So always a good place to kick off is in the dictionary about the word freedom and its meaning. Um, the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. Liberty, liberation, release, delivery, deliverance, discharge, all words we know. I think we can safely say that in order to experience freedom or to know that we have been set free, we would have had to have been held captive by or to something in the first place. Which leads us straight into point two, is how Christ, how did he set us free? We're going to start by opening up the Bible in Luke 4, verse 18. And this was the prophecy of Isaiah that Jesus said he come to fulfil. The words of Jesus were, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Who is Jesus talking about? Who has he come to set free? Who or what do we need setting free from? Jesus wasn't only talking about the poor as in people who had no money. He was talking about the people who were poor in spirit. The people who were lost, separated from him. Recovery of sight for the blind. We know that Jesus healed the blind in the physical but here he was talking about the spiritual on an enormous scale. He came to set the captives free, the prisoners, the oppressed. Who is that? Who is it? That was us. We were blind to God. We were poor in spirit, held in captivity unable to connect with him. But praise be to God for Jesus Christ our Lord. 
What did we need setting free from? We've just heard how we were separated from God. And what kept us separated from God? We all know sin. In Romans 6.3, it tells us that the wages of sin is death. How did he set us free? We know that the only way that sins can be paid for is by the shedding of blood. Let's turn to Hebrews 9.22, where it tells us this. At the bottom of verse 22, it says, For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Before the high priest had to offer any, sorry, before the high priest had to offer animal sacrifices every single year for the atonement of the people's sins. Now this gets me thinking, can you imagine that? You turn up with all your animals to hand over to the high priest. Now the effort that would have gone into that alone would have been huge. Back then you couldn't just throw your animals in your four before or sling them in the back of your transit van and head to the temple. They had some serious journeys to make on foot. And what about when you leave the temple? Talk about treading on eggshells. You'd want to get yourself home as quick as you possibly could. You wouldn't want to bump into anyone and sin, would you? You'd have to carry the guilt and the shame for a whole year before it's put right again. See, we know that the sacrifices of animals never actually dealt with sin, but they only covered them for a period of time. Further on down in verse 25 of Hebrews 9, we hear how Jesus did not offer himself again and again, the way the high priest did every year with blood that was not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But it says here that he appeared once, once for all, for our all ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. It carries on down in verse 28. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, it says, apart, apart from sin. Because sin has been dealt with. Sin has been paid for. So what can we say? At the cross, Jesus' sacrifice as the eternal high priest was everlasting. Therefore, our sins, past, present and the future, have been bought and paid for. At the cross, when Jesus himself declared, it is finished. He was saying, it's over. There is no more blood. There's no more blood requirement. There is no more forgiveness of sins needed. It is finished. At that moment, the curtain was ripped in two. And there was an earthquake that shook across the land, heaven and earth came into agreement throughout all time that you are set free. Jesus said he came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. When was the year of the Lord's favour? 
2,000 plus years ago and every single year since. See, all we have to do, this side of the cross, is believe in him. Believe in what he's done. Take him at his word. The just shall live by faith. Today, as people accept this truth, they receive his spirit and are born again. They are set free. Free from the fear of punishment from sin and death. The slate is wiped clean forever. That is the wonderful gospel. Does that sound like the Lord's favour to you? Are you walking in the Lord's favour? You see, that your freedom was signed, sealed and delivered 2,000 plus years ago. That is the good news. Some of you might be saying, it doesn't feel like it. And I know myself at times, it can take a while for our feelings to catch up with the truth. I want to do a little bit of maths before we move on to the next point. I like a bit of maths. Don't worry, it's nice and simple. There's no equations. <laughs> Punishment for sin equals death. Jesus' death equals payment in full. Payment in full equals no punishment left. The result equals freedom. Now we're ready to move on. How can we Christians walk back into bondage? What can stop us from walking in this freedom or even receiving it in the physical? I want to take a look this morning at probably our biggest hindrance and the one thing that Paul repeatedly mentioned. We're going to pick it up in Galatians 5 verse 1. Paul said, so Christ has truly set you free. We've just heard how. So Christ has truly set you free. Then he goes on to say, now make sure that you stay free. This is our part. Now make sure that you stay free and do not get tied up in the slavery to law again. Slavery to law. What was Paul talking about? We're going to jump back a couple of chapters into Galatians 3 and see. And we're going to pick up 1 to 5. Paul said, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit that you are now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again I ask, does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law? Or by your believing what you heard? Paul did not mess about with his words. He went straight in for the kill. He knew the seriousness of this situation. 
We hear that the Galatians started off so well by faith in Jesus and, and Jesus alone. They had witnessed miracles among them by faith. Then we hear that for some reason, they were led astray by others. People telling them that they needed to do something different, to be made right with God. They needed to be circumcised. At that moment, they were stepping out of God's grace and into the law. It goes on in verse 6. So also Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. When we get saved, it is by faith in Christ and the works that he has already done. When we start looking to a pack of rules to make ourselves right with God, we trample all over the works of the cross. We are saying it was all in vain. In the words of a, a well-known American pastor, he puts it like this. It's Jesus plus nothing. Meaning God doesn't need us to try and add something to the works of Jesus. Nothing also means we come with nothing. We have nothing to bring, nothing to add of any worth to the works of the cross. At times, this can be a blow to our pride. We love to think it's about what we have done or can do to somehow improve our salvation. We need to get over ourselves. The truth is, Jesus, and only Jesus, is enough. Further on down in chapter 3 of Galatians, in verse 10 and 11, it says that if we want to live by the law, we will need to stick to every single one of them. Now, I've not counted the laws myself, but I've heard it said that there are 613 of them. Wow. There's some serious laws we need to keep to. We're going to turn from Jesus. It also says that if we do not succeed in carrying off every single one of them, that we are under a curse. That's powerful stuff, isn't it? So what is the law? When we look to rules to make us right with God, when we look to self-effort, to works, when we look to add to what Jesus has done for us. Now, speaking from experience, let me give you some examples. And I'm, I'm, I think at some stage we, we all would have done this. I'm hoping, he says. I've woke up in the morning before with the attitude of, you know, I am not going to sin today. Your word says, God, because you're holy, I'm holy. So straight away this self-effort comes in. You see, what we do straight away is we take our focus off of Jesus 
and we place the onus on us. This brings a weight, a weight that you and I was never, ever meant to carry. These are works, these are self-efforts. And have you, have you noticed that the moment we do this, that we've normally sinned before we leave the house anyway, or before, or before you even get out of bed, then there is the faults. God, I want to focus on you today. I want to keep my mind set on you. Your word says to pray about all things. I would pray on my way to work. Fantastic. Within five minutes of being at the workplace, gone. Gone. You know, actually, the word of God tells us as well that we should be praying without ceasing. You know what that means? You're not allowed to breathe. <laughs> without ceasing, we've got to keep going. All this stuff does, all it does is lead to failure, which leads to frustration, and from frustration, condemnation. And we know, we know in, in Romans 8.1, it says to us, there is now no condemnation. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. It tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.18 that the law is a ministry of condemnation and death. In Corinthians 3.17, it tells us, now the, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom. In Romans 10.4, it says, for Christ has fulfilled the law. That means absolutely nothing needs to be added to it. Nothing. As a result, all who believe in him are made right. God's favour upon us is not dependent on our obedience or our law-keeping. God's favour is because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why is it light? Why? Because he's already done it. It's already done. That's why it's light. There is absolutely, there is absolutely nothing you can do to make yourself more acceptable to God. Jesus was enough and will always be enough. You see how freeing that is? And lastly, I want to I look briefly at how we stay free. We've heard Paul say in Galatians 5, now make sure that you stay free. This is our part. And do not get tied up in slavery to the law. In Hebrews 4.11, it says to make every effort. Here's effort. Here it comes, here's effort. Make every effort to enter 
into that rest. This is the place of rest. Rest in what he has done. Not what we have done. We move out of that place of rest when we try and add something by works. This is where our effort should be. This is it, to remain in the truth of what Jesus has done for us. He is enough and will always, always be enough. No law required. In Romans 5.1 it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God for our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see this? That is the permanent rest that the writer of Hebrews is talking about. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That is freedom. It is from that place of freedom, that place of rest, that we can now operate. 1 John 4.9 says, we love because he first loved us. He set the standard. He made the first move. By doing that, he has made us free to love him. Free to love others and fail at times. We are free to be who God has created us to be and not worry about what other people think. We are free to mess up. We are free to get things wrong. We are free to rest in Christ and in our freedom. We are free to explore, to explore what it means to, to live life and to not live in fear. We are free, free from the requirements of the law. And so, we are free to rest in Christ. I just want to finish with the words of Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. He says, come to me. Come to me. All you who labour and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. We're running a bit late now, aren't we? So do you want to do a song or do you want to... What do you want to do? A song, yeah. I don't think, yeah, a song, yeah. We'll... we'll uh, did I say thanks? I did, didn't I? Yeah, that was brilliant again, yeah. Well done. So, uh, yeah, the, the um, worship team are just going to do a, a song. Um, let's uh, hang around and fellowship with one another and uh, have a blessed week. Don't forget to read your sheet and make sure you turn up at the right place.
Otherwise, happy Christmas and a merry new year or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I changed all my strings in that. Okay. Because <laughs> one went and I thought I'll quickly do them all. <laughs> The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning, it's time to sing your song again, whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, I worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship Your holy name. And one that 
Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, I worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship Your holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I worship your holy name. Yes, I worship your holy